You're listening to Canada's Court, your home for all your Canadian basketball needs. Here's your host, Philip Drost. Well, not every journey to the NBA is the same. For some, it's being a high draft pick and stepping into a role right away. But for others, it takes a little longer and it takes some patience. That's the case for Ken Birch of Montreal. Ken Birch went undrafted in 2014 and spent some time playing in the G League in Europe before signing with the Orlando Magic last season. And his story is far from over. Ken Birch joins me now to talk about his journey so far. Ken, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, man. So uh, this is your, uh, you just had your first real NBA offseason, but it was a, a pretty busy one. You had summer league, FIBA qualifiers for Canada. You even held a basketball camp in the Maritimes. Were you able to get any sort of rest? Uh, that's the one thing about the NBA offseason. There's so much uh, time. And I realized that I remember just working out. I started working out in May. And I, I realized I should start working out in June. And then by August, I had so much time to actually just rest, and that was a good opportunity. So uh, what were you working on when you weren't playing? Uh, okay. I, I mean, I was working on my 15-footer corner threes and just a lot of uh, mid-post stuff and post moves. Corner threes, how important is it for you to uh, uh, get going on that, given the way the NBA is uh, going? I mean, right now it's not uh, part of my game. I think when, as I get older and more experienced, I think that will be uh, a very good uh, trade to pick up. For sure. And uh, so you spent some time with Team Canada this summer. How important was it to have a strong summer for the FIBA qualifiers? I was very strong because... You know, we the the NBA guys we can't play in, you know, during the winter time because of our season. So we have to come out strong. And, uh, the point spread have a uh, <clears throat> we got to beat them by a lot just because we won't be able to play in the winter time. And you guys sure did that. Uh, why is it important for you to be able to play for Team Canada? I mean, I love to represent my country. I've been doing it since I was like 15, 16 years old. And I want to just go to the Olympics. We haven't done that since the year 2000, so I just want to be part of that culture. And you guys even got to play a, a game in your home city of Montreal. What was that like? That was great. It was a great experience. I got to see my family, some friends, and that was my first time ever playing Team Canada in Montreal, so it was a very good experience. You had lots of fans at the game? Oh, yeah, I had like 20 plus people come see me. <laughs> I hope you didn't have to get them tickets. Hopefully, they were able to get them themselves. I did, actually did. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a good man. Um, now, let's talk a bit about your journey to get where you are now as a member of the Orlando Magic. Uh, you said that you would have done your – I've read that you said you would have done your college career differently. What, what do you mean by that? I probably would have picked a different school. Um, I transferred right away. I probably would have went somewhere I actually really wanted to go instead of going to my first school, my first choice. And also just uh, being more mature at that time. But, you know, it's hard when you're 18 years old to be mature. So I, I just wish I just would have picked a different school. For sure. I'm sure there's lots of people who say they wish they would have uh, been a little bit mature when they were 18. 
Um, and you uh, you decided to forego your last year of eligibility and uh, <coughs> there for the NBA draft. What was behind that decision then? I just felt I was ready. <clears throat> I mean, I honestly, I don't feel like you're developing college. I just think uh, you just get a bigger – it just helps you with your draft stock. I just felt like I kind of maxed out on that. And I just knew that I could compete against the pros. Just you know, was, I just had a bad perception of me. I'm just transferring and also just losing in college. And I just knew I was always ready. So you declare for the NBA draft, but uh, end up going undrafted. Tell me a bit about what that day was like. Oh, it was a horrible day. It's so funny because me and my friend were watching that draft yesterday, but um, it was very bad and. You know, it was a bad experience, but also one thing I always say to myself is that you just can't think of the present. You always got to think of the future. So I, took, I turned off social media, and I just went to work just because I knew in, in the future uh, people will regret what they will say to me. And uh, I'm sure uh, some teams are certainly regretting that now. What was uh, what was your sort of plan after that? So you, you end up not getting the draft. What were your immediate plans after? I went to summer league, did okay. I went to Miami training camp, and I did G League. And then and I, in the G League, you were pretty successful. Tell me about how what that experience was like. Oh, G League was a grind. So, um, <coughs> it was a you know playing as uh, professionals. It's basically NBA rules, but just with a lot of guys who are hungry. So it's kind of hard. I did the, I did get the first few months, and at the end, I just my body just wore down. And I realized after that what I need to work on. Well, what are some of the things people might not know about uh, playing in the G League? It's not really as much talked about. People just see some of the games. What's the whole experience like? Oh, man, it's a grind. You have to wake up early for um, flights. Travel's hard. You don't, they don't get, you don't get food. They don't give you food. You have to live with a roommate. You don't have a car. So it's, it's very tough. Uh, but like it's like you're basically like an intern there, and that's the reason why they treated like that. What was the the most difficult part about that experience? I mean, not getting called up and just being consistent was very hard too. You're doing good, and, and you're not getting called up, and that just can take a toll on you. And then next thing you know, you're having a bad games, and then you're definitely not getting called up. So that was very hard, and yeah, that was it. Did you know much about what to expect going into it? I remember people telling me about it, and I was just, they were just like, oh, it's the worst thing. And I was just like, you know, you always look at it, the worst thing and think you can t- change it. But it kind of was uh, a bad experience, but it really helped me a lot, helped me mature. Tell me about that. What were some of the, the things you learned from that whole experience? I just learned that you always got to stay true to yourself. You can't just, uh, you can't, if you're going to be a good rebounder, a good shot blocker, you got to be in a G League, and that's how, that's how to be your strength. You can't just go in there and try to do other things because that's what, that's what got you there in the first place. So you always got to come be consistent and do what you, your strengths. And so from there, you went to Europe. Why did you uh, decide to, to go over there? I mean, I, I probably, I just felt like just to get more money, also just to mature my game. Europe, I probably could do more, a little bit more, and I just wanted to see the experience. Now, when I was uh, doing research for this, I found some interesting stories from <coughs> your time in Europe, and I just want to see, want you to confirm it, if they actually happened or not. I read that you had firecrackers thrown at you in a game. Is is that true? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was our last game of the season. It was like two two in the series. The last game we lost. So our fans just threw um, fire bombs and stuff on the floor. We had to stop the game and had to uh, wait for like twenty minutes and play it out. There was no fans in the stands the last two months of the game. Wow, what was going through your head when all that was happening? I just wanted to go home. <laughs> At the point, I was just like, I understand why I just have to stay. Why can we have to go back? I was just like, I just want to go home. Man, and I, I, I thought Knicks fans were bad. That's a, that's a whole nother level. Uh, another, yeah, st- yeah. another story I heard was that you. Uh, Kept getting w- woken up by prayers in Turkey at 5 a.m. What's what's the story there? Man, that was crazy. I remember just being in my room and I hear something and I was just like, "What is going on?" And like the first few weeks, I just I slept in the living room just because I was so scared of what it was. But it was just prayers and uh, that was nothing. It was nothing serious. But every every morning at 5 a.m., you you'd hear that. Yeah, just because I wasn't just to the time zone, so I'd be up at that time. I'll wake up and then hear it, and I'll get scared, and I'll just go in the living room. Oh my goodness, that's uh, yeah, I uh, that's that's fair. Um, <coughs> I also read that uh, at least at the time an article was written, you were still owed money by some of your European teams. Is is that still the case? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, not for my Turkish team, my team in Greece, they still owe me. That's and um, hopefully I get it. I hope yeah, I get it, but I'm not too worried. Yeah, I feel I feel like you're a little more uh, uh you're 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 okay now that you're with the uh the magic. That's probably fair. But uh, it, it sounds like a a lot of craziness going on there. Did you have someone you kind of leaned on during that whole experience? My first year in um the, the Turkey, the Americans are great. I still we still have a group chat. We still talking to to this day. And those guys are amazing because those guys were like around 30 years old and they've been through it since like my age at that time. I was like 23, 22, 23. So they really got in me that year and that was a really good year. And I, I learned a lot from those guys. And then you got your opportunity with the Orlando Magic. Tell me about how that, how that came about. Uh, I was about to go back. To, I was going to go to Vegas to talk to my coach from Greece about my role. And my agent was just like, oh, I have an opportunity opportunity for you it's not guaranteed but you know if once they see you play i know they're gonna be impressed and i just took it right away just because I, I knew once like they said once they see me play i knew that they would like me and i would say uh, i'll make the team so how how do you in a situation like that you you just don't even worry about the the fact that it might not be guaranteed you you just really wanted to go for it eh yeah exactly i mean you can't be scared of opportunity because that only comes once in a lifetime or it can never come at all. So I was just like, you know what, let me just give it one more shot and see what happens. And uh, clearly it worked out. You, you spent some time in the G League, but you ended up getting called up. Tell me about uh, <coughs> when you got the call. Oh, it was great. I mean, unfortunately, it was from an injury. You know, I don't I don't bear no, no injury on anybody. But, you know, our guys were going down and, I showed up and played a great game, my first game. I mean, actually, it, well, actually, he didn't really trust me in the beginning. I, I completely understand that. And then it was just me and Bismack, and I had to play. And then I had a great game against Minnesota, and then trust me, then on instant. So, yeah, how did that feel? You had a big game against the Timberwolves, and you guys uh, uh, beat the Celtics shortly after those <coughs> big games. Uh, 
how did that feel to to be having success at the NBA level? Oh man, it felt great because I remember getting thrown in against Houston. And I was just like, man, am I really cut out for this? But I only played like three minutes. But then I realized that you know it just takes time. Like just how everything else, when I was in the G League, high school, college, everything just takes a little bit of time. And if you put in the work, the results will show. What was your uh, favorite moment or biggest highlight for you in the your first NBA season? I think it was making a team. Um, it was one of the happiest moments of my life. I just always felt like I'll never be in the NBA after going overseas and actually just making a roster. Uh, was a very good moment in my life. And you also had a, a great game for your first NBA game in Canada against the Raptors. What was uh, that that experience like? Oh, that was great. Um, I had like I had like twenty plus people come to there as well, and you know I just played I just played hard. I said my motto was just always play hard, and just I don't want to just go to bed regretting things. So if I play hard, even if I have a bad game, at least I just, at least I'm true to myself and play hard. So that's why I did that night and I had a good game. Now, uh, obviously, that's uh, quite the journey, and I've heard you say before that it's a, a story of patience. Uh, tell me a bit about that. Uh, and patience is a gift. A lot of people just don't have it. They just look at, like I said, the present. Right now, I'm just um, <clears throat> preparing myself for the future, even though I'm not playing as much. Still going, to, I'm still doing my same routine as if I'm going to play right now because I know my opportunity is going to come. Do you, have you always been a patient person, or is that something you sort of developed over the years? Uh, that's definitely something I developed um, since I've been in Europe, playing one game a week and then going to one of the top teams, from being a guy who wasn't even projected to play to being a starter and then coming to Orlando and making a team and not even playing at all to being in a rotation a little bit in this last season. So I understand that. You always got to stay true to yourself and just be patient. Was there ever a point where you thought, you know what, I don't think I'm ever gonna gonna be able to do it. I don't think I'll be able to make the NBA. Uh, my first year in Turkey, I remember just playing video games in the living room, uh, just asking myself, um, if, I'm ever gonna, if I'm ever gonna come home. And I remember being in New Year's Eve and and Gazantep, that's like near Syria, and I was just like, wow, like we're looking where I'm at right now. I don't think I'm ever gonna go go home. The only thing I'm ever gonna play in a top European team is just those are the times that were really hard for me. What advice would you give uh, to uh, an athlete going through the the same process you went through and, and kind of having to go through that G League grind or, or playing in Europe? What, what what would you say to them? I just tell them uh, just one more sacrifice, like just. Always don't think of now, just sacrifice partying, sacrifice drinking or whatever you do off the floor, just work on your body, sacrifice the late nights and just go hard just because this, this stuff goes by so fast. And when you become older, you just regret what you did in the past. So just always, just always stay true to yourself. When were those uh, lessons, lessons you learned? Pardon me? I said, when did you uh, learn those lessons or, or realize that you, you had to make all those sacrifices if you really wanted to make it? I realized that when I made the team in Orlando and then this summer, I just also this summer, just, you know, getting guaranteed, I just realized, man, like, 
I'm very fortunate and a lot of guys will be in my position. A lot of guys are coming out to my position right now. So I always got to, I sacrifice a lot this summer. And the, the same happens I've been, when I was doing, like, just even last year or two years ago, I, I don't even do it anymore. And uh, I understand you're actually on a, a, a special diet right now. Is that true? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't eat no candy, no cake or anything bad. The only thing that I probably eat is Chipotle, and I don't even think that is that, that bad. But I don't put anything bad in my body. My body to me right now is like it's four years old just because that's how I'm treating it. And like I said, I'm just sacrificing the bad habits so in the future I can still be able to play. For sure. Uh, one of the things I like to ask my guests when they come on is uh, what's something Canadian that you miss when you, you know, you're playing in Europe or you're playing uh, in Orlando that you, you just wish you could have? I mean, it's funny because I'll say poutine, but I don't really need that anymore just because I said about sacrificing. So I don't really have anything anymore. Probably just my mom. Giving up poutine, that's a, no, there, there's a tough one, especially being from Montreal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, now that you're on a, an NBA roster, you got a guaranteed deal. What's what's your next goal? Uh, just a stick. It's just a stick. And even though, like I said, you can just be on a, a team just by being a good guy and just working hard. You won't necessarily have to go out there and be an all-star. They, they, they have guys for that. So you guys got to stick out a different way, and that's what I'm trying to do. What are you What are you hoping to work on over the next year? You mentioned your threes and some of your post plays. Is there anything else you're uh, hoping to improve on as the season goes on? Oh, my motor, definitely my motor, and yeah, I said I just want to get a good motor corner three and be just a good high IQ guy and a team player. And uh, as you're you're going into the season now, you've played some games. What do you think people should expect as they uh, watch you and the Orlando Magic? There's a quite a bit of young talent on this team, including yourself. I mean, just, I expect patience and also just, you know, like you said, you know, a lot of young talent. So, uh, you know, I, just, I don't really expect too much right now. We have a really good team, and I think we can uh, shock a lot of people if we play together. And when you played in that uh, that first season, was there any one player where you were just kind of – awestruck like a, a hero of yours or someone who you're like wow i can't believe i'm i'm playing against them uh, i mean i guess uh, like lebron i, I watch him growing up but that's that's probably only lebron just seeing just playing against him just because he's a really good player and a very high iq and a very team players so i was very uh awed by him yeah, LeBron's pretty good. He's all right. He's uh, he's not too bad. <laughs> well, uh, Cam, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and I'm sure you'll have lots of uh, Canadian fans cheering you on throughout the season. I appreciate you, man. That was Cam Birch of the Orlando Magic. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast. It's always much appreciated, and helps uh, other people see that this podcast exists, mostly. Uh, if you'd like to read more stories about Canadian basketball, you can check out the Canada's Court website. That's simple, canadascourt.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with me or the show, uh, you can send me an email, canadascourtpodcast at gmail.com. That's all for this episode of Canada's Court. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.